Hey, everybody. He's Chrissy. She's Janet. I'm Jack. No, wait. He's Mr. Roper. She's Mrs. Roper. I'm that creepy dude, Larry. No, that's not it either. This is not Three's Company, although there's three of us here. Drew, how are you? <laughs> yeah. Let's let it. Come on now. I'm better than you. Let's light this candle. <laughs> All right. I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Come and knock, knock on, on our door. Late, late on the intro. Late. That See, was late. It's, it's, it sounded, it sounded perfect. You okay, go one, good. I'll two. No, no, you do it with me. Sing with me. Right. <laughs> I should have just let it go. Right. Keep going. One, two, three. Come, Come and, knock and knock on, on our, our door. Come and knock on our door. We are waiting for you. We're waiting for you. Where the kisses are his hers and hers and hers and his Terrible. We're gonna that's all right. The TV show's gonna sing that part for us anyway. Tunes, how are you? I'm doing good. I checked the sports book today and I just wanted to let you guys know that Drew interrupting me during trivia has a hundred to one odds. So <laughs> that's low though. That's pretty low. Is that low? <laughs> Let me get my wallet and put a hundo on that one. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. <laughs> Did I get the odds wrong? Yeah, it's supposed to be. The, the better the odds, it's closer to two to one or three to one. The more likely that it's not going to happen would be a hundred to one. Okay, so then it's a hundred to one that you're not going to interrupt me. Yeah, I, I'll probably interrupt or you. that you are? I've only interrupted you, what, once or twice since we started? <laughs> Has it been more than that? Come and knock on those. Hey, Ted Glover, oh, before we get started, I want to tell you tonight that you are the best host in the business. I am mediocre, and everybody else just really sucks, but thank you for the nice compliment. You do a great job. I watched some other shows over the weekend. I just think you're doing exceptional work on this uh, Vikings report. So I want to throw that out there before we got started tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now, Your paycheck won't get any bigger. <laughs> I was going to say, does that mean I'm getting a raise? Mr. Lumberg told me to talk to payroll, and then payroll told me to talk to Mr. Lumberg, and I, I still haven't received my paycheck, and he took my stapler. Order that Lamborghini you've been wanting to order. Cool. That's awesome. It's done. It's already on the way. All right. Three's Company. What a fantastic show. Meow, meow. That show didn't make any bad episodes, Ted. They're all good. Remember when we were talking about Dukes of Hazard a couple weeks ago? Wasn't there yeah. a couple seasons when Janet and Chrissy left the show, or or Chrissy did uh, Suzanne Summers? Then she leave the show, and they had who else? They, she was other kind of another blonde, pretty famous, popular actress that replaced her. But it just kind of wasn't the same after. after she that. left. I think eighty-two. Well, first off, it had eight seasons. You want to give me an episode guess? Eight <sighs> seasons, Ted. Eight. Two fifteen. One seventy-two. 172. Pretty close, though. Puts it 10th on our list behind Laverne and Shirley's 178 that nobody cares about, but I say it anyway. <laughs> uh, Chrissy left after 1982 because she was she was, she was getting 40000 less an episode than John Ritter, and it caused a big problem. Oh, really? And she thought she be, should be getting equal money as John Ritter, which she probably should have been getting. I mean, John Ritter's a tremendous actor, but yeah. they probably should have been splitting it all down the circle there. But she left, and then Jenny Lee Harrison came in. Who is, who is married to the, the Dennis Hara from the Rams, really? uh, the, the offensive lineman. Yeah, it's kind of a tasty tidbit, especially if Jenny Lee's involved. And then she left, and Priscilla Barnes came in. 
That's the gal I remember, Priscilla Barnes. And she took over like the last couple seasons. Terry Alden, I think it was her name on the character name on the show, but she took over. But not, nobody, you know, it was really all Suzanne Summers. She really made that part. And uh, it was too bad she couldn't finish there. And her and uh, Joyce DeWitt, who played Janet Wood, seems like Chrissy should have played Janet Wood. They didn't talk for like years and years. They just reconciled. What's that? What's that word? We got a big word. Reconciled. Reconciled. Is that right? Yes. There we go. That's our big word of the night. Reconciled. <laughs> and Joyce DeWitt left and went off and went moved up to the mountains and didn't do any more acting at all after that. Yeah, that's what I thought. She did. She was like. She, like, left television and the movies completely after that show, didn't she? Yeah. You know, great casting and what great actors they had on that show with the Ropers. Man, that, that yeah. show was great. That show was funny. It's a show you could just turn on and watch four or five episodes and not even notice you watch four or five episodes. And, and it was controversial at the time because a, a single guy living with two single women was fairly taboo. So if everybody remembers, that's why they had to pretend that John Ritter, Jack, the character he played, was gay. Right. So they could kind of continue to do that thing. Trick, trying to trick Mr. Roper and all that stuff. It was hysterical. That worked a lot of angles for, for funny lines, though. For funny one line, especially for Mr. Roper. And then the Ropers have that bad marriage thing going back and forth where they ripped on each other. The Ropers, they ended up getting a sitcom themselves. Mm-hmm. They got a spinoff of that show. They did. Which was great, great show. I had a, what was a bar they used to drink at, Ted? Come on. The, the Regal Beagle. Can we get a bam on that? Is that that's gold star? Look at your star, Ted. I was gonna say that that the Regal Beagle was probably the best named fictional bar in my childhood. There has to be a, now a, re, a real Regal Beagle, doesn't there? I would think so. Yeah. Somebody somewhere in Santa Monica. You would think. I got a funny tidbit. What's that? Since we sang that song so well, you know when Jack is riding his bike and he, the pretty girl walks by. Yep. That's actually Suzanne Summers with a dark wig. No way. I never knew that. I'm going to have to look at that opening just to see. I learned something interesting about every show every week. Billy? With your, with your tasty <laughs> tidbits. That's, that's, that's solid knowledge right there. I watched it 137 times just to make sure it was Suzanne Summers. <laughs> that was always a part of the show. My brothers used to run and say, don't miss the opening. Don't miss the opening. Billy Crystal was going to be Jack Tripper instead of John Ritter, but uh, something happened. He didn't get the job. And Lonnie Anderson was going to be Chrissy Snow. You know, when you hear about actors and actresses that, that tried out for parts and, or they wanted to do parts and they didn't, you always think to yourself, that wouldn't have worked. Putting, like, uh, Mickey Dolenz as, as, as the Fonz, for example. That just wouldn't have worked. Billy Crystal and <laughs> Lonnie Anderson might have worked. Yeah, I thought about both of them, too, thinking Billy Crystal probably could have been Jack Ritter. He's kind of a funny... Jack Ritter, John Ritter, Jack Tripper, Jack Tripper. Yeah. It's all mixed up. Ritter was perfect for that. Cause he was kind of like that slapstick, silly comedy where you fall down and hit your head on the table or something. He was really good at that stuff. Yeah. And the facial motions he used to make when like Chrissy be working out in front of him, he'd be like, have these, oh, no, he was always, you know, he's always work, trying to work that angle with the chicks all the time. It was just a great show. I don't know if anybody's watching that uh, sitcom special that CNN's running. The first one was on yesterday and they went through a bunch of old shows, a bunch of them that we've done. They don't make them like that anymore, Ted. No, they don't. They have a lot of the shows that we've covered, but the same kind of information. It was kind of cool. See, we're setting the standard. We are setting the standard for American television. I don't want, I don't want to be affiliated uh, with CNN. Come on, uh, bro. On YouTube. That's not a TV station. 
Come and knock on our door. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Three company. Great show. Drew, last week we started a contest, the, the over-under contest. Why don't you walk us through the over-under? The over-under. Vikings report over-under extravaganza. Nerd alert. We are running a contest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot about it. You picked up the horn, baby. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Vikings report over under. We started this game last week. It's going to take us right up to opening week of the Vikings week one. It's a 10 week game. Every week I will ask a question and you will respond in the messages below this show. It's the only way you can enter, not through Twitter, InstaFace. Twittergram, InstaTime, none of that. You got to do it on this show below. All you have to do is enter over under to the question I am asking. We started last week. We've gotten a lot of responses, Ted. It's going really well. At the end of the season, whoever has the most out of 10, they will win a very cool prize. What do we do in the event of a tie? If two people have a tie, say two people ended up getting nine out of 10, we are going to put their names in the bag of cornucopia that we used for the Justin Jefferson jersey, we will select their name and they will be selected as the winner. Then they will be happy because the prize is a good one. It's, bad. it's not an 8x10 pitcher, Mr. Furley, either. <laughs> what, what, about, what about Mrs. Roper in a, in a one piece? Remember Mrs. Roper and the Moo Moo all the time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stanley. <laughs> With the red hair, red yeah. hair. Audra Lindley, that's her name. So get, you can get signed up. Uh, last week was the first week. If you missed it, you can start this week. And you have to get your over-under selections in by Wednesday. And today we are at Saturday. Today we are 57 days away. 57 days from the Vikings playing the Bengals. And then next week, you know what we're going to have? What, what, what are we going to have? Week three. Oh, okay. That's good. Ooh, I thought this was like a trick question I knew nothing about. I no, felt that, fully unprepared, which is kind of how we go through this whole show. You know what makes me smile, Ted? What's that? Face muscles, mostly. <laughs> okay, um, we are rolling right along. That's the over-under game. I will read the question for week two right now after I get some intro bitchin' music that leads it in. Go ahead. I want to hear my intro. <laughs> this week, question two is Dalvin Cook. Total rushing and receiving yards for the 2021 regular season over under 1,950 yards. Rushing, receiving, got to add them both together. 1,950 yards. 1,950 yards. You need to put in the comments below if you think he's going to be under that or over that. All right. And like Drew said, you have to Wednesday, that's 12 noon central time, Wednesday, 12 noon central to have your picks in. After that, uh, any submissions after that won't count for that week. Every, every, even if you missed a couple of weeks, get your entry in there because it's hard to get over-unders to string of them together. So yeah. everybody's got a good shot. But this is week two of week 10, and we'll have eight more after this. Nice. <laughs> Everybody got that? Dalvin Cook, rushing, that. receiving yards, 1950. See, you don't get Kirk Cousins, 1,000 yards passing. No, no, no. It's got to be. Kirk. Kirk Cousins, three passing touchdowns. Delvin Cook, two rushing touchdowns. I, no, no, these are hard. You got to think. You got to legitimately think about this because you got to take a lot of stuff into consideration with Delvin Cook. <laughs> that looked like me answering trivia. <laughs> That's your over-under for the week? Um, I, what's your vote on that? How would you vote over-under on that? Oh, we can't win the prize, by the way. Let's announce that right. to people. 
that would probably um, seem a little sketchy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, look, I won. Wow, that's weird. That's weird. That's so weird. Um, Chris, I got second. <laughs> if it was just me playing, I would go under because I'm not confident Dalvin Cook can play all 17 games. It's not that he's not productive, and I, I think he pl- probably plays 13 or 14 games, maybe 15. That's where the curveball comes in, though, Ted. Yeah. If he does, he, he can very easily eclipse that number. I just don't know that he will. That guy played 14 games last season and got 1,918 yards. Did he really? So that's a little bit of – so if you look at it like that, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I set my bar pretty low, but it's, it's a good number. It's a good number because it's right where it should be. It's teetering on the brink of some other big word I can't think of. <laughs> that's, that's it, though. There we go. So that's your over-under for the week. Dalvin Cook, 1,950 combined rushing and receiving yards. Combined rushing and receiving. You got to remember that. Rushing and receiving for the great Dalvin Cook. All right. So for this week, our, uh, our player tribute slash jersey tribute, we haven't really gone back into the old, old school Vikings. We, we've gone back to the Purple People Eaters era. We've talked great players from the 80s and 90s. Uh, but we haven't, we haven't really gone back in, in, in the Wayback Machine to a time. This is actually before my time. I mean, I was, very, I was still alive but too young to remember. And the, and the guy we're talking about, uh, since this is episode 26, the man who wore number 26, Mr. Clinton Jones out of Michigan State. Drew, what do you got on, on Clinton Jones? Number two overall pick. By the way, he started his career in 67, and I was only two. I wasn't watching football yet, or was I? I don't know. I didn't start really watching until 70, so he got, it was before my time as well, even though I look older than dirt. Number two overall pick, Ted. Behind yeah. Bubba Smith, behind Bubba Smith, he said, uh, Clinton said that he and uh, Bubba Smith went out to dinner with, why is the name escaping me now? Shula, Colts coach at the time. Yeah, Shula was a Colts coach at the time, yes. He went out to dinner before the draft, and uh, he thought he had a pretty good shot of being number one overall, and Bubba Smith got the, got the nod. But he was number two overall selection in the entire league. So kind of it sucks for him because he had to play behind Bill Brown and Dave Osborne. Only put up a couple thousand yards rushing for the Vikings, but was a hell of a back. His running style was a prelim to Foreman and Ricky Young and all those other guys before they they got there. I liked watching, like I said, I didn't see it live, but I liked the footage of Clinton Jones. I like, I think he was a great running back. And he played those great Michigan State teams that won those back-to-back titles there. But he was just as good as a kickoff returner as he was a running back. He was very good at kickoff return. Bill Brown was the main feature back. But the Vikings, in a lot of ways, had a running back by committee approach back at a time when it was, you know, guys like Jim Brown carrying 35, 40 times a game. What the Vikings did with Clint Jones is sort of a change of pace guy when you look at the complete nothing but between the tackles with Bill Brown. Bill Brown was going to look for a guy and go headfirst into his chest and just pump his feet and get as many many yards as he can. And, and Clint Jones was kind of that outside guy mm-hmm. on the edge using his speed and agility to to get to the second level and there weren't a lot of teams in the nfl back then that used that running back approach no i mean you could mix in oscar reed he was kind of thrown in there i think in the committee but that backfield was full for the vikings i mean he played six seasons 67 to 72 75 games for the vikings he was part of that which i call the 1967 draft which i think is the best vikings draft of all time that was the year they had three first rounders they took Clint Jones, number two overall, and then they took Gene Washington, I think number eight overall, 
and then Alan Page yep. at, at 15 overall. And then they ended up getting Bob Grimm. They got Bob Grimm. They got uh, John Beasley. They got Bobby Bryant in that draft. I mean, come on. Yeah. That was a really, really good draft for them. He came in right away. And I don't think, I think when you're the number two overall pick, you have, people end up thinking you got to get 2,000 yards every year and you got to live up to the tall standards of the NFL. But he was no slouch. I mean, in 1969, he had the longest run for a running back from scrimmage in that uh, 69 year of 80 yards. And then let's not forget in 1970, he was second in rushing touchdowns in the entire league. Yeah, I, I think if they'd have made him a feature back like so many guys were back then, I think he would have been a thousand yard guy. He had nine TDs in 1970, only two behind the great MacArthur Lane, who played for St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, he had 11, but uh, he he left his mark at what he did. I think he probably could have played longer. He went to the Chargers for his last year, but back in 67, when, when they took the, the three guys in the first round, Bud Grant, Clinton Jones said this, Bud Grant really went out on the limb because Three African-American players in the first round really show that you, you don't care what the system says. Clinton Jones always remembered that, and he always spoke highly of Bud Grant for doing that. And, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Bubba Smith and Clinton Jones going 1-2 out of Michigan State. Michigan State had four guys in the top eight drafted that year. They also had Gene Washington and then linebacker George Webster. So Bubba Smith wow. went one, Clinton Jones went two, George Webster went five. And Gene Washington went eight. I did not know that. That is a tasty, tasty tidbit. Kind of almost hesitated to mention it because, you know, Michigan State and Michigan are, are such big rivals. But that was probably the high water mark for, for Sparty football. What, back-to-back national titles? I know they've won at least one. They won 66 and 67. I think okay. they, they won back-to-back. I know they, but I think it was those two years. He was sixth in the Heisman running, Clinton Jones. Yeah. And I mean, you look back, you know, Michigan State had had some hellaciously good football teams back then. And, uh, you know, that's borne out by the way the guys were drafted in, in the NFL back then. So, yeah, Clint Jones, I, I you know, he, he doesn't really get a whole lot of mention from Vikings fans. And I, I think it's just because he was, you know, for number two guy, a lot of people think he's a disappointment, but he he played in the role that he was asked to play. And, and yes, he, did yes, he did a very good job at it. That. Arm slap for you, an arm slap for Clint Jones. That's very true. He did he did what he was asked to do. I got all of his football cards. I don't collect cards of slouches. Do I, Ted? I don't think so. No. Ted, have I ever mentioned to you a slouch collection? Uh maybe, but no, I don't think you have. Remember Jones, I was reading something about Jones where he said classified 1A for the selective service, took a physical in Detroit in nineteen sixty-eight, and then met with the military draft board in his hometown of Cleveland just before the NFL draft. He thought he was going to get drafted. By the He's, Army, not by the Vikings. Yes. Yes, he thought. <laughs> he said, survival was on my mind. I had other things on my mind besides the NFL draft. I could have gone to Vietnam. Oof. Still has that card today. His that draft, draft card? card. Does he really? Yes, wow. he does. I've got a picture wow. of him with his draft card. There it is. No Ron Perlman cat today, but we do have a picture of Clint Jones. Clint Jones, man, I'm glad we got to do a shout-out to him today. Matter of fact, I am going to try to get a hold of him after the show. He was going to be here. But he had to have some alumni dinner thing, and he said, I'm sorry, I can't make it tonight, or he was going to be here. But Clint Jones all the way, 26. And one last thing, if, if there's, a, there's a really good documentary out on Big Ten Network, you might be able to find it on DVR. It's called On the Banks of the Red Cedar. It's about Gene Washington, but also the amount of African-American players that went north and proved themselves in a, a still segregated America and really 
help change the perception of the African-American athlete in the 60s. And Clinton Jones was, was right there with Bubba Smith and Gene Washington. It's a great documentary made by Gene Washington's daughter. Just great program. All right, so uh, Clint Jones, our player tribute and look at this week. So congratulations, Clint. Really good player for the Vikings back in an area that, that I unfortunately don't remember because it was, it was before my time. But something that is not before our time, it's coming up in just a few weeks. Minnesota Vikings 2021 training camp, Drew Bunting. Mm, yes, it is. It's pretty and close. Now, where are we at? 27th is where we're trying to get to, right? July July 27th. So we are, what, the, <laughs> just a couple weeks out. I can't do math. We're close. We're getting close. We're close and getting closer. Are you hanging out the Regal Beagle today? You can't figure the math out? Amen, brother. Good man. Good man. So the last few shows, we, we've kind of been doing draft profiles and training camp battles. We've done tight end. We've done wide receiver three position. Tonight, we're going to focus on on defensive end. And and I think now everybody, now that Daniil Hunter's contract status has been resolved, we can pencil him in at one of the starting positions. But the other starting position is kind of up for grabs. A lot of people thought the Vikings might try and address it in free agency. Everson Griffin's name was one that was bandied about. A couple other free agents got mentioned, but the Vikings didn't do anything about it. So they have, if we, if we look at their current roster, Besides Daniel Hunter, they've got Jordan Brailford, Jalen, the disappointment Holmes, Patrick Jones, the second Hercules Mataafa, Janarius Robinson, Stephen Weatherly, who returns to the Vikings after a couple years stint in Carolina, I believe it was Kenny Willekes and DJ Wanham. There's a wide open competition for for defensive end outside of Daniel Hunter, I think, this year. Maybe I'm off, but I just think there's a lot of positions to be had here. This is the fourth time you've said that since we started these draft breakdowns of the positions it's always open after the starters it's always really wide open you say it every week which means depth is good, certainly going to be a concern but yeah with hunter who's going to play opposite him ted i mean i think they brought brotherly back for the experience but he's not a game changer i don't think so jalen holmes i mean didn't i think larry, larry holmes had more sacks didn't he well i think he Jalen Holmes, you know, being being an Ohio State fan that I am, I was really excited when the Vikings drafted him a couple years ago. I thought he was going to be a one of those solid rotational guys, and he's just he's just never really developed. So I I don't think his roster spot is secure. I would think Weatherly's would be because you know he's he'll, one of the free agents they signed. He'll be on the team. You know, last year when the Vikings broke camp, they broke they had eleven defensive linemen, six defensive ends. So you got, if you want to say Hunter and Weatherly are locks, that means there's still four guys or four positions and seven dudes, seven guys for four spots. Yeah, that is pretty wide open. And there's, there's really nobody that stands out other than Hunter and, and possibly Weatherly. And, and I only give Weatherly the nod because he's a vet and he's been with the Vikings before. He and Hunter are the only two, I think, that are uh, got it locked in. Lock it up. Championship. Um <laughs> We drafted two, which I was really happy that Spielman took two defensive ends in the draft because I think it was a position that we sorely needed to have some attention at. Brailford was no slouch when he got his time in at the end of the year doing mop-up time. I think uh, the Rook Dogs got especially a good shot at it this year. Willikus is going to make it. You think so? Yeah, I think he'll make it. I think he, he just that first year getting acclimated to the program. I've seen a lot of Willikus play at Michigan State, a lot of his games. Because, you know, it's Big Ten. We see a lot of teams other than right. Michigan, Ohio State, which it wasn't a first down, but we'll, that's beyond the point of two seats. 
spot was good. I mean, five years on, and the spot was still good. So Tootsies, I- <laughs> Tootsies, can I get that picture? Can we put the picture up? Okay, there you go. You see the line for the first down. Clearly passed it. Look at the, the picture, Ted. That's clearly passed it. That's clearly passed it. Look at it. Here, let me put up this next picture where it shows dude. Curtis Samuel crossing the goal line in overtime. Which never would have happened if they didn't get the spot. Touchdown, Buckeyes. Oh. <laughs> Toots has shut him down. <laughs> okay, if you think that's the first down, I guess we'll just go with that. Um, no, I think I think they both got an equal shot at being the starter over there. Janarius Robinson is an interesting case. He might be the most interesting guy on our draft board. Hunter, Weatherly, both. I think both the rookies make it. Do you really? I know that's a real, I should probably only pick one, Patrick Jones or Janarius Robinson, and then Willikus. You don't think Hercules Mataafa is going gonna, is gonna to make the 53? Come on, Ted. My disappointment is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. <laughs> I thought you froze up there for a second. <laughs> No, I did, because my brain froze up thinking about that guy gets hurt too much. Okay. We got to take the guys who get hurt all the time. You know which wide receiver I'm talking to you about. These guys that get nicked up all the time, get them out of there. Dalvin Cook is one thing, because if he get, he may have an injury history, but look what he does when he plays. Yeah. These guys that get hurt all the time. What about that Kentrell Brothers? That guy was on injury reserve for 16 years. Get him out. Get out. Get out. Can't be on the club if you're sitting in the tub. How's it can't, go? Can't make the club in the tub. <laughs> what about Jalen Holmes? You ready to pull the plug on him, or you think he's going to get one more go? Pull the plug, Ted. Uh, are you telling me I should pull the plug? I'm afraid so. Yank it out. If you yank it really briskly, yank it out of the wall. Jalen Holmes had his chance. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. So... Your your six defensive ends, just to make sure I got this right. Daniil Hunter, Stephen Weatherly, Willikus, Robinson, and Jones, and DJ Wanham. Those are going to be your six coming out of camp. Yes. Yes. Write them down, Ted. Put it on the board. Championship. I won't. I'm not going to bet my other eyebrow on it either. I kind of went over <laughs> on a limb. I don't know about Willikus. He spent all year on, on injured reserve, and yeah, he was one of those seventh-round guys we both wondered after the draft. How did he last until the seventh round? I don't know. I could get on board with all your other picks except Willikus. I think it's going to be Mata'afa or Jalen Holmes. I, I think the Vikings are going to want some veteran guys. I mean, guys like Willikus and Wanham are going to really have to outplay guys like Jalen Holmes and Hercules Mata'afa. I don't think there's any way they get rid of Wanham. A lot of these problems would be alleviated if they hadn't traded for and then traded away Yannick and Gakwe. What the hell was that all about, anyway? Well, uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, uh, it's not. I don't want to call it devastating. So let's just let's just for the sake of argument go with with your six as the as the opening fifty three. How are you feeling about the depth and experience? I'm a little concerned, Ted. <laughs> Now, now, when we talk about these every week, I say, how you feeling? And you, every week you said, I'm a little concerned, Ted. <laughs> I am, dude. I'm concerned about if the Vikings have four or five injuries, this whole season's going to swirl down the crapper. Yeah, but- I, uh, yeah, I agree.
somebody's going to have to step up and play that and play, not just play the right defensive end, but play it well. The Vikings, if they can get one of these guys to step up, they can have one of the most dominant defensive lines in the league. Going from one of the weakest defensive lines in the league. It might be the committee thing. It might be shuffling in three or four guys per game to get it done. Mm -hmm. But I really think by midseason, Patrick Jones or Janarius Robinson will be a starter there. I I do. Here's my six. I've got Hunter and Weatherly like, like you do. I think Patrick Jones, Mata Afa, Holmes, and DJ Wanham are going to be the other six. I I think the Vikings are going to look at that room right now with the complete lack of experience. and They're going to want maybe not both, maybe not both Mata Afa and Holmes. And if I had to only pick one, I would pick Mata Afa. And maybe if I'm going to kick out Holmes, I'm probably going to throw in Robinson, the the rookie. What about Ted kicking off the Ohio State guy? Holy moly. I think Holmes kind of got hosed by the Vikings when he got drafted because they converted him to the defensive tackle and he'd never played defensive tackle before. So he wasn't very good, and they never really gave him a chance to develop So because they, they moved him back to defensive end the second year, and he just he just really has never taken that next step. It's promising, but at the same time, it's worrisome. Would, would, would you agree with that? Yes. That's There's, a good way, to, good way to look at it. One of those big storylines that by week three, probably about week two or week three, if we're still on the air, <laughs> we're probably going to be saying, you'll be saying, Drew, it looks like we fixed it. Or... Yee, this doesn't look very good. We'll know by about the first three weeks of what kind of swag they're bringing out there at defensive end. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. And and that kind of goes into our rookie profile for this week. Defensive end, Janarius Robinson, fifth round kid, 134 overall out of Florida State. Man, it feels great, you know, to start this new chapter and this new chapter in my life, you know, here at the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, I'm just, you know, grateful to be here and ready to take advantage of all the opportunities that I got. Of course, you know, since I got here last Wednesday to start rookie minicamp, you know, I was just taking it all in and being that sponge and, you know, understanding that I'm here for a specific reason and, you know, I can't wait to get to work with all the guys. It changes my mindset by, by understanding the grind, you know, uh, you know, coaches holding us to a high standard, you know, I'm ready to achieve that standard and, you know, me and all the guys, all the rookies, you know, we're, we're ready to come in and go to work and, you know, push for that standard that coach has set out the, uh, for us. What did you like about him coming out of the draft, Drew? How do you not be excited for somebody like Janarius Robinson? First off, Nick Saban. Nick Saban was making four trips a day to that cat's house to get him to come to Alabama. He wanted him bad. Nick really? Saban doesn't go the extra mile for crappy players. He doesn't. But he had he had made prior commitments to Florida State, Janarius Robinson, and he stuck with him. He's going to end up being one of those players, Ted, that's a lot better professional player than he was a college player. Some guys are just like that. Some guys don't flash in college, but they do flash in the pros once they get coached up by professional, you know, assistant coaches, player position coaches, and they know how to bring the best out of them. This guy, superior athlete, man. He is an exciting player to watch and I have full confidence that he'll not only make the team, but he'll be a difference maker. What, what do you like about his game? Well, first off, what the Vikings, I think, like, the power to his game is his run prowess, his run defense. That's where he really stands out. In his time at Florida State, played 34 games there. He rolled up 104 career tackles. He had 20.5 tackles for loss, and he only had eight sacks in the 34 games, which isn't really a high number. First off, let me backtrack. Florida State botched him. They don't know how to coach over there at Florida State. They didn't use him right. They didn't use him right. They didn't teach him right. They botched it. Janarius Robinson is probably top three run stopper 
in this entire draft class. He knows how to read the run. He plays the run. I think the Vikings love that about him because they want a guy that can stop the run. That's how, that's when you look at his tackles for loss, how they ratio out against his sacks. That shows where his strong point is. He needs to become a better pass rusher. That's why he fell to the fourth round. Otherwise, the size, length, speed combo that Robinson has, first round, second round talent. If Janarius Robinson goes to Alabama, is he a first, second, or third round guy? Yes. No doubt in your mind. No doubt. No doubt in your mind. Florida State botched it. I'm telling you, dude. When he got to Florida State, Demarcus Walker and Josh Sweat were both there. Two NFL guys. Mm -hmm. So he didn't come in like, uh, come on in. Come on in. You play. Game one. Come on in. He had to sit behind these great players. So he didn't even get started right away. I think he would have been higher up on everybody's draft boards. How did Florida State botch him? You've said that a couple times. What do you mean by that? Well, they played him out of position. They had him standing up a lot in some kind of weird 3-4 alignment. He's a base 4-3 defensive end. That's what he is. Part of the problem was, like Jalen Phillips, part of his problem was getting caught by the tackles, getting stood up. When he gets when he gets on somebody, he couldn't get off. Um, and that's where Florida State put him in a lot of those positions where he had to. He was fighting through double teams all day. Not to say that won't happen in the NFL, but I don't think they used him right. I, I don't. They were always subbing in different packages for him, and that's a guy you just got to let get in the groove. That's a guy that needs to be coached up, and he will be coached up at the next level. I don't think Janarius Robinson is going to start week one and be Daniil Hunter. I don't think so. But there's not a player in this whole draft that has more potential than he does, I don't think. Remember Jordan Reed came on when we were doing that show over at the Mothership? <laughs> over at over at uh, Good Morning Gallhorn? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jordan yeah. Reed was on that show to us. He's a draft guru. But Jordan Reed talks. You better perk up your ears because that guy's got knowledge. Jordan Reed, for this particular draft, top five overall sleepers in the entire draft. Janarius Robinson is one of them. Well, this is going to make my prediction at the end of this segment incredibly awkward for everybody then. It's okay. Where do you see Janarius Robinson two years or three years on, on this Vikings roster? As a starter, is he a solid rotational guy? Where, where what, what do you what do you got him pegged as? He could either be a step below Daniel Hunter, or he could be a, a life lifetime Stephen Weatherly. He'll 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 play. He's going to have an NFL career. He's not going to get cut and work at Togo's next week. He's got too much talent that needs to be developed. In the last twenty five years, the Vikings have only taken three guys in the first round at defensive end since nineteen ninety six. Twenty five years they've taken three. So they held true. They don't like taking a defensive end in the first round. Matter of fact, the streak is now sixteen years running. The last time they took a defensive end was 2005 in the first round. Do you know the three? Uh, one of them's Demetrius Underwood. No. She was a first round. Yeah. Why is the the Michigan State guy that had like one practice and then he kind of had a big mental breakdown and never played for the Vikings. Okay. In the last 25 years, there's been four <laughs> defensive ends. Um, off the top of my head, see, Robeson was a fourth round guy. Um, no, I who? Who you got? Who are they? Dwayne Clemens taking 16th overall from Cal. 1996. Okay. 2004, Udesi, Kenichi Udesi from USC went 20th overall. And then wait, I know, I know the, the, the other guy was in 2005, Wisconsin, drafted with Troy Williamson, and I farted out his name the last time. I couldn't oh. remember. Oh, uh, doggone on. it. But, oh, doggone it. Who is it? 
Erasmus James. James, Erasmus James. Doggone it, I knew Erasmus that. James from Wisconsin was the last defensive end the Minnesota Vikings have taken in the first round in 2005. You look at Udesi and Erasmus James and how their careers worked out, maybe that scared the Vikings because they haven't taken one since in the first round. 16 years is a long time for a defensive end is a valuable position, Ted. It is, but, but Udesi got sick. He ended up with lymphoma, I think it was. Yes, unfortunate. Um, yeah, and, and he's like, I think he's with on the coaching staff at USC now is alma mater. Good for him. What a great, um, great college player that guy was. On his way to having, a, I think, a really solid NFL career, too. We Good can say him. Erasmus James was a complete and terrible bust, though. That was, God, that's got to be one of the worst drafts in Vikings history with Williamson Dude, they, and Erasmus James. Williamson at seven, and then Erasmus James at, at what? What was he? What did I say? 15 or 16, I think. He was like mid teens. That's just a waste of two players, man. I, I was at that draft party. You want to hear a quick story? So me, our buddy Dave Stefano, and my brother Bradley, who I've shown a couple pictures of from time to time. And Dave's over on, on Climbing the Pocket Network. Still got a couple shows over there. Hi, Dave. Hope you're doing well. Anyway, so it's, up, Dave? it's me, Dave, and my brother Brad. We go to this draft party. And Red McCombs is the owner. It's his last year as owner. Wolf would buy the team later that year. And everybody just hated McCombs. Just hated him. He was just so... So Paul Allen's hosting the draft show and he introduces he introduces McCombs and they have the stage set up and, and he comes out yelling, Purple Pride, Purple Pride, Purple Pride. And everybody, I mean, he is getting booed. I mean, it's like the biggest heel in the WWF kind of getting booed. I mean, it's oh, almost man. to the point people are throwing beer on him. It's not that bad. But I mean, <laughs> people are pissed because this is right on the heels of the Randy Moss trade. Oh, people are just oh. booing him and booing him. And so the so he stops saying purple pride and, and the booze kind of starts dying down a little bit. And he says something like, how's everybody doing tonight? And I'm not kidding you. The guy sitting right next to me yells as loud as he can. Oh, you read <laughs> the, whole, the, whole crowd just, the whole crowd just starts busting up. Only I didn't say fudge. I said the word, the big one, the queen mother of dirty words. I mean, we're just dying. I, the whole, it was like a stand-up comedy routine. It was hysterical. Did he react to it? He, he looked. He looked <laughs> over the direction. And, and he said he said something like, I'm, I'm glad everybody's having a good time or whatever. And then he introduced, I think, either Paul Allen or, or Mike Tice or somebody. But, oh, oh, my side still hurt thinking of that. God, it was so funny. <laughs> And then we drafted friggin' Troy Williamson and Erasmus James. Uh, whatever. We just get tortured, don't we? This we get, is why. This is why I drink. <laughs> that was because you could hear the guy plain as day, and it was in the old Winter Park practice facility, so it like echoed, like the crowd died down. It was like perfect, now, perfect timing. Did you plan that little trip to go yeah. to that thing, or did you? Yeah, did yeah, this happen? Did. No, we we kind of planned it. We wanted because we knew the Vikings had two first round picks and, and uh, Dave and I were working in, in the, in the same unit at the time here. Um, we were both still on active duty. And so we kind of, we got, we had to get leave scheduled and all that kind of stuff. And we picked my brother, Brad up. He lived in Iowa, picked him up on the way up and we spent two or three days there. It was a good time. We had a, that must've been, must been a riot, dude. It, it was a lot of fun. He had a good time. Yeah. That's really, really, that's a great story. Excellent story. So anyway, that is our defensive end look for this week position group and our rookie profile we're going to start a new segment this week it's called our favorite game and not trivia game 
but favorite Vikings game. And this was uh, kind of a recommendation from, from GMAC. GMAC72 from the YouTube comments. We tell you all the time, if there's something you want to see in the show, let us know in the comments, and we'll do what we can to incorporate it. This is living proof of that. So, GMAC, this is for you, baby. GMAC. 1998. What a fun year that was up until oh, the absolute very end. My God, one of the funnest years of my life. The Minnesota Vikings, we all know, went 15-1 and that year. In December, they were on a roll. They were, they were hanging 40 and 50 every week on people. Mm-hmm. And the Jacksonville Jaguars came to town for a Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Chris. Welcome to the Metrodome for tonight's huge interconference matchup. And the Jaguars were a pretty good team. They were a 10-win team that year. And the Minnesota Vikings proceeded to go uh, hang a 50-burger on them <laughs> and won by a score of 50-10. to 10. That was Toots' favorite game of all time, dude. Yes. That Toots, was a... Toots has loved that game. He just cracking up the whole game. And nothing went wrong for us. That was great. No. It was like from almost from the very beginning, the, the Vikings <laughs> took complete control of that game, and they scored 50 of the first 53 <laughs> points of that game. Remember, ESPN was all talking about that rookie quarterback making his first start against us. Offense rookie Jonathan Quinn gets his first start in relief last week. He showed a big arm and poise. Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name. I can't remember his name, but he was like, I think it was his first start. It was uh, Jonathan Quinn. That's the it. Mighty, the mighty Quinn. The mighty Quinn. Now, for me, I didn't see a whole lot of the 98 season. I was, I was overseas. I'm stationed in Germany. I didn't come back until the season was well underway. The very first game I saw that year was the was the Monday night game in Lambeau where, where Randy Moss just absolutely clowned the Packers for, for four quarters. What a great night that was. This was only the second or third game of the year I, the entire season I had seen up to that point because when I came back to the States, I was living in Alabama. And, you know, this was bef- the days before DirecTV and, and Sunday Ticket and games online and all that. So... I didn't see a whole lot of Vikings games that year. And this was a Sunday night game. And I thought to myself, there is no way the Vikings are going to lose to anybody after what they just did to the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I was going to say, what was your take after seeing the, the Lambeau game and then seeing the Jacksonville game? You must have been saying, whoa, Nelly, we got ourselves a squad, man. <laughs> yeah. And, well, you know, and then you saw the highlights every week. That's back when Chris Berman and Tom Jackson were doing, they were kind of in their prime with their highlights showing. And it just... If there ever was a team that I thought was unstoppable, it was that Vikings team. That 98 game, why is it your favorite game? It's the one you wanted us to to talk about first, and we were happy to do it, but why do you like that game so much? So 1998 was the first year that I really started watching the Vikings. Me and Drew met in 96, and I didn't really get into uh, the Vikings until, you know, a couple years later. And so I was just starting to get into it. Randy Moss, obviously that year, I was just like going, wow, this is really cool. And then that game, we just literally laughed the entire game. (laughs) It was just great. We're just watching the game and just looking at each other and just going, this is just great. And I don't know, maybe there were some games like in the 2009 season, but I've never enjoyed a game so much watching it as I did that game. It was just from beginning to end, it was just awesome back then my my dad lived down uh just outside of tampa he'd retired i lived up in you know just about 100 miles north of uh 
of Destin. So we lived about six hours apart. I called him or he would call me every week during the game. When the Vikings were on TV and we could both see them, we'd call probably four or five times during the game. And I I, I remember at one point, I can't remember who called who, (laughs) but I picked up the phone and and Brad Johnson had come in because it was such a blowout. He threw a... He threw a, a short pass to Chris Carter for a touchdown. And, like, you know, you were laughing. I mean, we were just giggling. Like, who's going to stop this team? This is right. just not fair. <laughs> and my dad's like, God, if, if if this was a fight, Tom Coughlin would be dead <laughs> in the ring. I don't really think there has been a game like that since then. Maybe not even before. Maybe before when the old Viking with Alan Page, you know, get a game against the Saints or something. There's only five good teams in the league, so we rubbed a lot of people just killed them. I don't think since that Jacksonville game, there has been a dominating game like that. I mean, we won some games by a couple touchdowns or three touchdowns, but nothing like that. Nothing that I witnessed like that. That was as thoroughly dominating a performance an NFL team could put on another NFL team. That was like Michigan playing a directional Michigan school or Ohio State playing playing Ball State. It was one of the it was one of those kind of mismatches. Jacksonville <laughs> One, they were a ten or eleven win team that year. They weren't. They weren't the Jacksonville Jaguars of Blake Bortles. They were. <laughs> they were a good football team. <laughs> the Vikings had prison sex with them <laughs> all night long. What are you gonna do? There's no women there. You have five, ten years. <laughs> it was awesome. Ted Glover. Oh, man, that was every single thing that could have went wrong for Jacksonville that night. And it was, you know, one thing rolled into another, into another. And then they finally got a good drive, and then Dwayne Rudd picks it off and runs it all the way. It was like, that must have been the worst game that Jags fans could ever remember. Yeah, and then they drafted Blake Bortles. That was a fun Viking game to watch. You don't get a lot of them like that. You don't. You you really don't. don't. I remember when they played the Bengals in 78, so 77, mid-70s. Okay. And we were beating them pretty ba- We beat them pretty soundly, the Bengals, when they came to Minnesota. But that was the day Gary Burley broke Tarkenton's leg on that sack. The Vikings won that game 42-10. to 10. Chuck Foreman set an NFL record for most receptions by a running back in a season. And I was at that game with my dad. I was actually in attendance when Tarkenton got hurt. No. I was at that game. Way. No way. No way. Yep. First off, you just hit us with a great tasty tidbit right there on Chuck Foreman. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I'm almost positive or, or either Tarkin. It, no, it might've been Tarkin and setting an, an NFL record, either Tarkin or Foreman set an NFL record. And then I remember when Tarkin got his leg broke 42 to 10, butt whipping. This is Ted remembers the score, dude. Ted, what'd you have, I, yeah. what'd you have for dinner last night, Ted? Spaghetti. See, I think about it though, Tootsis. Think you up. All right. So that is our favorite game. We got plenty more of those coming. So Tootsis, thanks for recommending that one. That was just a, a fun game to, to relive and talk about. We are going to take a break. We're going to go to a commercial and then we will come back with trivia. What kind of trivia are we doing tonight? We are doing visual <laughs> jeopardy. Visual jeopardy. Is Suzanne Summers going to be in that? I just want to ask ahead of time. Yes? No? no? Chrissy Snow, Ted. Yes. <laughs> you know, this is very good for the circulation. It sure is. I feel better already. Yeah. One room Collins and two more Bangkok bangers. I just love your Bangkok bangers. 
Bye, uh, uh... Janet! Right. <laughs> what happened? Oh, I, uh... I went to sit down and I missed your seat. I mean, my seat, the, uh, the chair here. Coming over at any moment to check out! We've been going together for three years now. Poor Charlotte, will you be my... Yeah. My... Oh, my. It's a gorgeous car. What is it? It's a new Charge Dodger. A Dodge Charger 500. Dynamite. Yeah. What's that? That's the optional Hertz shifter. Elliot? Yeah. Hey, where are the headlights? They're hidden uh, where the bumper loops around the grill. Hey, these new high-back seats. Yeah, see how nice they fit? My name's Sheila. What's yours? Elliot? That's a cute name. Bet it really rides smooth, huh, Elle? Why don't we find out? 1970 Charger 500. If you can cope with a whole new image, you could be Dodge material. All right. Welcome no, not. <laughs> I told myself today I wasn't going to do it. I... Oh, why do I interrupt? A second in, and it happens. Unbelievable. Half I'm a second. Practicing all day not to do that. Yeah. Sorry, chances. Okay, chances. I'm quiet now. All right. Welcome to Chances Trivia. How are you guys doing? Hi, Chances. Hello, Chances. All right. Today, as you can see, we have Trivia Maker. This is a visual Jeopardy. Cool. And here are today's categories. We're going to have NCAA. Iconic NFL plays. Vikings coaching staff. NFL stadiums. So all of the clues will have a picture. And all right, Drew, why don't you go ahead? I will start out with how about let's get right into the stadiums. Let's do it. Here we go for 100. This is the Titan Stadium. It's Nissan Stadium, I believe, isn't it? Good job, Ted. Jesus. What? 100 for Ted. Let's go with NFL stadiums for 200. All right, this is the Buccaneer Stadium. Raymond James Stadium. I don't know. That is correct, Ted. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) That was a total guess. That's what the old stadium was called. 300 NFL stadiums. All right. This is the Panthers Stadium. Carolina Stadium. Um, Incorrect. It's uh, some bank. UMB Bank? I can't remember. Bank of America. America Doggone it. All right. Ted, still your turn? NFL Stadium's 400. Giant Stadium. MetLife Stadium. I actually knew that one. That is correct. And then NFL Stadium's for 500. 49ers Stadium. Oh. Uh, Levi. Levi Stadium. Good job, Drew. Good job, Drew. That was yep. worth 500. All right. Vikings coaching staff for 500. Go backwards on this one. All right, so you are going to see a picture of the face of a Vikings current coach, and you just have to give the name. Here we go for 500. Zimmer. Uh, Zimmer. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Adam That's Zimmer. Good. Adam Zimmer. <laughs> All right, Ted, the board is yours. Uh, Vikings coaching staff for 100. Good job, Ted. That was good. 
Name the coach. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> I do uh, not know that guy. I don't know his name. I don't either. That is Rick Dennison. Don't All get right. don't get Ted started on Rick Dennison, man. He wants to see some more production out of that O line. Come on, Vikings coaches staff for two hundred. All right, name the coach. Kevin James. Oge Fazio. That is Brian oh. Ariani. That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. The great Brian Periani. Three hundred Viking coaches, do you? <laughs> right, not not their pictures, no. Name the coach. That's on mm. Patterson, isn't it? No. I don't think so. It has the same this? name as a Steelers famous defensive player. Steelers. Green. Joe Green. That is Kennedy Palomalu. That's oh. right. Running back coach, I think, Ted? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll round out the stellar category with 400. Ted and I do right. not know these very well. Name the coach. Uh, Pick a Catalina wine mixer. Is it? No. It's no. Not. I'm going to, uh, Jerry Gray. Oh, he's not on the team anymore. That is Christian Jones. You guys yeah. suck at that category. We do not, we do, we have to study up on the staff. We do not know the staff. All right, Ted. Uh, iconic NFL plays for 100. Name Dwight Clark. Dwight Clark. Name the Cowboys player. Emerson Walls. Oh. Good job, Drew. Good job, Drew. Okay, 200. All right. Name the Giants player. Rodney Harrison and Tyreek. Evan, Tyreek. Tyreek Hill. God. No. No, it's not Tyreek. David Tyreek. Oh, it's David Tyreek. Why did I say Tyreek Hill? I got it. I said David Tyree. Didn't. Okay, I didn't. 300. Name the same. Devon Diggs and Peterson. No. Wasn't that his name? His last name is Williams. It is? No, it isn't. I don't think it is. Yes, it is. Look at the jersey. I can't see that from here. He doesn't need to know the first name, does he? Yes. Marcus. On, okay, guys. 400. 400. Name the Patriots player. Malcolm Butler. Yep. All right. Good job, Drew. <laughs> good job, Drew. Not really. I'm losing. No, Never you... a good job. Winning is all that matters. Winning. You shot up to 1,000. It's your turn. NFL iconic plays for $500. Name the Raiders player. Willie Brown. No, that's not Willie Brown. That's. I think that's Neil Cozy. That is Jimmy Warren. I hate you, Jimmy Warren. Jimmy Warren hates you too, Drew. Now pick. NCAA 100. Okay, so this category, you're going to see a helmet, and you just have to name the school. Okay. There you go. Auburn. Did you guys both say that? I, I had it first. Oh, oh no. <laughs> no! I said... Oh, my God. I honestly thought I said that first. You heard I heard, heard myself say it first. I heard myself say it first. Well, then it's all legit. <laughs> okay, so seriously, I thought only one of you said it. That's how close that one was. Okay. So all right. I don't know what to do about that one. So we'll just go to 200. Ready? Yeah. Louisville. Oh, my God. How do you not hear me first on that? I don't understand that. Because you guys are both saying it at the same time. No, I, I had the whole Ville out before he even said Louie. No, I don't. I don't. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't believe that's accurate. Oh, my right. God. This is going to need some instant replays. All right. 300. Ah, 300. 300. Ready? Go. Arizona State. <laughs> Ted, you're not 
not getting them. You didn't get any of those three. I got every one of those. I got them all. I should have. I'm honestly hearing. I'm honestly hearing me get like one word out before I hear you. Maybe it's a delay in my mic or whatever. But and I'm okay. seriously hearing you both say it at the same time. It's crazy. Okay. okay. <laughs> I oh, look guys. I got that one. That, what? That I won't even say who I. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Jesus Lord! I feel like oh Elizabeth, I'm coming. I heard somebody first on that one, but... Iowa! That was me! I am not gonna even oh, go there. Oh my god, this is so fixed. <laughs> Alright, Drew. Alright, Ted. One, two, three, go! Yossi! No! I quit! You know, seriously, we're going to have to go to review on each one of yeah. those to figure out the winner. So, everybody, we don't have a winner yet, but Tootsis will figure it out during the week. All right. I hate you both, and I might not <laughs> see you next week. Dude. Thanks, Tootsis. Thanks, Tootsis, for the effort in for that. Dude, we rocked those college helmets, bro. Yeah, maybe maybe there's like a delay or something, but well, well, oh well, it doesn't matter. It's all in good fun. So no, you go ahead and take the victory. You have, you have it's been quite a long time since you've won trivia. <laughs> go ahead. I don't mean. Uh, well, it's yeah, been a long time. It, it's like what was that um, that cartoon with the Laugh Olympics, the really rotten's, and the other team. <laughs> Wait, you Laugh know what I'm talking about? Laugh Olympics. Oh. That's almost as funny as the banana splits. Remember that? Oh, geez. All I right. love that show. Thanks for everybody again joining in in the conversation. Give us recommendations for TV shows for players. Thanks, Tunes. Thanks, Liz, for the production. Thanks, Drew for dropping all the knowledge bombs week in and week out. Thank you, everybody that subscribed. Follow us on social media. You can follow us on, on Twitter at ReportTed, R-E-P-O-R-T-T-E-D. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I don't know why, but I'm uh, at Purple Buckeye Vikings, Ohio State. Kind of makes sense when you think about it. We're on Facebook, Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. As far as I know, we're not on Instagram. As far as I know, we're not on any other social media platform. I don't do anything past Facebook or Twitter. That's just kind of... I'm too old to do anything else. I don't have enough time in the day. Um, <laughs> thanks for watching. Love it. That it seems show seems to be resonating with you guys. Keep watching. We're going to keep bringing good stuff all the way through the season. Got some exciting announcements about the show coming up in the near future. We'll try to do better the next time. Drew, why don't you take us home? Thank you so much for watching. Everybody puts a ribbon on episode 26. Don't forget the over and under game. Get that in below. Put it in your comment section. Thank you, Ted, for being the best host in the business. You carry this thing. Thank you, Tunes, for putting together the awesome trivia every week. I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Three's Company and all those folks over there. And another shout-out to Mr. Clint Jones. We had a chance to do a little profile with you tonight. We will see you next week. And everybody have a good week. Take care. Be safe. And say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Ta-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-